second. I just I just cocked my head sideways as if to to suggest you should respond to my hey there again. That's kind of how podcasts work. If you want, I can do a monologue. I can I can totally podcast the day this if you want, Ken. I can go like full on talking to about nothing for a good five minutes or Well hey there, Gar. Yeah, like the way I just cut you off there. I was gonna suggest we do five minutes of silence two as just the intro to this podcast. Gar, nobody heard the first five minutes of silence. Not even Rob Reed heard the first five minutes of silence. He even that was a bridge too far for a man who listened to all one hundred and ninety nine other episodes of podcast today. The silence was too far. I pushed him too far. It was a. Uh... Deeply experimental, to say the least. I tested the loyalty of my audience, Ken, and their loyalty broke. Broke. Like a glass slipper. Speaking of birds, if you hear any weird chirping, we're in Ken's living room at the moment, and either his neighbours have birds that can be heard through the walls, or there's birds at the chimneys. Or there's a bird in the room. Are you a bird? I do tweet sometimes. You tweet more than I do, though. I do. I tweet for a living. Does that make me a bird? Welcome everybody to the weekend show, episode fifty-three slash two. So that's good. That's going to be our naming chronology. It's going to be fifty-three, but also two. So it's like old and new. Mm. Hello, everybody. Welcome. The pause at the start there was kind of my fault because I have a complex about the opening now because I used to do a very distinct opening. I'm not sure if I want to do that anymore because it's like a it's like a really in-your-face type of thing, and now I'm going for a chill vibe. I don't know. It's I'm not, become it's not, chill. I can become chill in my old age. It's not podcast glow, is it, Ken? You're mean. I am mean. Yeah, Ken's gotten very in his head about it, so he can't do the full good morning, good evening, good night anymore because he feels it's not on brand with his new laid-back, super chill podcast, which I'm still trying to work out which you're basing it on, but we'll find that out in, over time. Podcast glow is going to take off. Listen. Hashtag podcast glow. I'm going to cancel this podcast. Again. <laughs> As you have heard, I'm joined, as always, by my dubious co-host, Garrett. I'm dubious at all times. I'm Ken. Did I say that? I, I can't don't remember. Know. People don't need to know your name. You said Ken, but then I should. I felt like I should have introduced myself. Well, you've taken your name off of the name of the podcast, so yeah. how will people know who you are? I did that for you, Garrett. Did you? I did. After all my, my 52 episodes of moaning about it, you're finally like, all right. I'm like, I'm going to give you equal billing. Well, technically, you're giving me equal. Well, I suppose if neither of us are billing, that is equal billing. But still, you have rights now. You should have added my name with Ken Kidney and podcast the week's Garrett Kidney. I'm telling you, he will never be added, Tanner. Yeah. He's the associate producer of Podcast the Week on this very network. Yes, go listen to Podcast the Week. Don't listen to Podcast the Day because it's Why? garbage. What? Did you, why are you calling my content garbage, Ken? Okay, Garrett. There was five seconds of silence. Five There's... minutes of silence. Five oh. seconds would have been just. I wish it was five seconds. You cut off my five seconds of silence. I was just going to leave the five seconds of silence for the listeners, but you can't even you can't even let the poor listeners settle in peace for five minutes, five seconds. But yeah, a great episode. How there, to say hello. You can't and... have dead air, otherwise people will think the podcast is over. Shush. And, well, there's it's bird noises. What if... It's ambience. Yeah. For all they know, I added that on purpose, but you just totally ruined the illusion. Why did you want to add bird noises to the podcast? Because it's part of the, the chill vibe. Caw. See, I was I was adding bird noises to your talking just to see how it would like sample. Do your best chicken noise. Did you watch any of season four? I have seen season four. All of it? 
Uh, well, it's like they've released half of it. I think some rest of it ha- is coming next year. It's bad. I've watched two episodes. We're talking about Arrested Development, by the way. Um, yeah, it's it's boring. It's real boring. It's very boring. It's not like actively terrible. It's just boring. As in, like I zoned in and out during episodes, and I'm like, should I go back? Nah. I feel like a show. People are like, oh, I want Arrested Development to come back, and then season four. Actually, no, we're on season five now. I said season four, didn't I? Or five? Yeah. Yeah, yeah five. This is five. Yeah. So season four was like, I liked season four. I didn't hate it. I know people kind of hated it, but thank God, season four, I've only watched two episodes, so maybe it gets better. But it'd be a boring. It doesn't get better. It just kind of plods along and then just stops. Nice. For its mid-season break. And like it solved all the problems of the first, or of season four, you know, where all, none of the characters are in the same place at the same time. But apparently Jeffrey Tambor caused a lot of tension, to say the least. That's the nice way of putting it. Because he's very unprofessional. Yeah. Apparently made uh, poor... Oh gosh, I forgot her name. Like it was like literally about to roll off my tongue and I forgot it. Mm. Who plays the mom? Mm. You don't know, do you? No, I don't remember either. Anyway, but like apparently he shouted at her, made her cry, and everything like that. So he's just a tyrant, apparently. Mm. The point I was trying to make: last season, uh, a lot of people didn't like the non-linear thing. I thought that was actually one of the better parts of it. Yeah, I like that. I'm still on the seal booth. This has happened to me too often, yes, lately. What? I forget people's names. I feel like it's Jessica something. Jessica Walters? Waters? Something like that. But yeah, I was, I was walking past a Johnny English poster and it's like, I can't believe they still made them. And I'm like, I don't remember the name of Mr. Bean. Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, it came to eventually. But it's it happened to me. I think I'm going senile at the age of 26, Ken. I think I'm just forgetting things. So yeah, if you like Arrested Development season five so far, bit of a miss. Might get better in the second half. I don't know. You, uh, no one knows. No one's seen it. Here's another question related to your point, Argar. Mm-hmm. Why are there three Johnny English films? Because do you not want Rowan Atkinson to make some money? I didn't mind the Johnny English films. It's not like they're bad. They're okay. It's like James Bond spoofs, except silly instead of like Kingsman, which is crazy. They feel like something I'd watch on a Christmas evening rather than actually paying to see it. Plain films. Yeah. They're plain films. Spy was a good plain film. I didn't see Spy. You should see it. It's good. It's a better version of this. I don't like Melissa McCarthy. Anyway, allow me to digress for a moment. Um, so I'm on... I'm, I noticed when I was editing the podcast last week, just a little bit of a side note, I did a lot of, like, noises. I also yeah. made a lot of ums and mm-hmm. ahs, and it's like kind of like a lot. Mm-hmm. And I got very self-conscious, so I edited them all out. Well, as you should. No one wants to listen to me going, um, so I am, um, uh, while I formulate my, um... My, I wonder, are you going to edit this out as me just doing it as an example? But nonetheless, well, if it's an no example. I shouldn't edit it out. It's one of those things where, like, where you when you do just kind of loose, kind of, kind of on the fly podcasts. Sometimes the stuff doesn't flow out, so it just becomes very kind of. I repeat words. That's, that's why I do. So, like, I'll be in the middle of a sentence and I'll be like, I, or I'll either hold a word or repeat a word a couple of times to allow my brain to catch up. But I was, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to. It might have been 538. But the, like, the, it's a free-flowing conversation, which is fine. But edit out the ums. I mean, people go, well, that's how people talk. And I'm like, yes, it is. But it's just not pleasant to listen to. Unless no. you're in a literal conversation with somebody. It is unpleasant actively to listen to. I think I, I force most of the ums and ums out of my podcasting mm-hmm. abilities. But, yeah, it's... It's just not good to listen to. Don't make people listen to you going um and uh and, um and you know. In fairness, I leave some of them in for like like some of the pauses and the ums because it just sounds disingenuous when all of them are gone. But I did have to do a bit of work last week. So hopefully as we uh, continue on our podcast journey, that will get a bit better. 
like if I, have you ever read a transcript of Dave Meltzer? No. Nope. Dave Meltzer loves the phrase "you know." You know is his go-through filler phrase. So if you actually read a transcript of Dave Meltzer that's not edited, the word "you know" pops up like it's unreadable at times. Just it, one his sentence structure and two the amount of times he says "you know," it's just like oh god. So yeah, yeah, fix your podcast, people. Don't leave cut out the filler words. No one wants to hear that. Plus, it cuts down the runtime, makes it shorter for everybody. More pithy. Mm. One of my favorite words from the old podcast. You're pithy. Yeah. Actually, come to think of it, I said you know a lot as well. Yeah. So you know, it's a common uh, connector of uh, sentence fragments. How often do you say you know as like actually saying you know? You know, where I say, oh, it's, uh, I make a very salient, uh, intelligent point. Rare, I know. But then you're like, you know, prompting you as opposed to just like, oh, you know, I, I don't know what I'm saying right now. It's like Donald Trump stuff. He is the best for it, Ken Bigley. Sad. China. Donald Trump's like ineptness with words wouldn't be like a thing if he didn't say the word or the words I have the best words. Like those are words that did he tweet them or say? I think he said them rather than tweeted them. It's like come on, son. Well, he said that in like uh, one of the, a rally, one of the rallies, which he's still doing, by the way. Yeah, he's campaigning like six days a week getting himself out in front for next uh, next time it's only two years away now he, he doesn't he doesn't want to govern he, he just literally he wants the campaign that the the idea of the fight that's what he can't let go he can't just govern so he has to constantly campaign like he's on the road for the house and senate elections for i think it's like six days a week yeah who's running the country <laughs> who's paying for that yeah the american, you, america. the american taxpayer woohoo anyway we're not going to be diverted into a trump podcast we might do one of those in the future as we said last week bit of housekeeping before we kick off um did it happen again god damn it i am on a much needed holiday for the next two weeks we've done we've done one episode of the weekend show and ken's like oh i'm exhausted i need a vacation yeah he's sorry like, holiday thank you thank you we're not american here but fear not uh we said we're back and we meant it so we're pre-recording your podcast hug so you never ever miss a week of us massaging your eardrums with our lovely voices again aren't we generous so these are basically like two weekend shows in the interest of full disclosure, these next two episodes will be a, a bit shorter, single topic editions of the weekend show. You know in advance now, don't at us, but you don't at us anyway, so it doesn't matter. So are they weekend shows or weekend shows, Ken? What, what chronology are we putting these on there? I've retired the weekend shows, so it's just going to be all weekend show now. Weekend show was a good pun. It was a good pun. There is a playlist that exists, but it's dead now. Okay. Here, as we speak, I can literally hear a collective sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of weird because this is not a live show. What? People are relieved that we're not going to go away for two weeks. Are you crazy? Do you just hear people? Do you just hear thoughts in your head? Is, here, is it the birds or something? I don't know. I don't know. You're you're very known for being slightly crazy. Gary, you're really unprofessional. You just have brought your phone to the podcast and it buzzed. I'm working all the time, Ken. I can't switch off. I, gi- I give you this time on my, as we record this Wednesday after or, after, or evening. I, I can't disconnect. I'm not allowed. Sad. Yeah, it is a little. I'm both always working and never work. It's a strange, the strange life. Always on, never off. Mm, but also never really on. It's kind of funny because before you wouldn't be caught dead with a phone. Now you're like a phone guy. Mm, I, that's, I didn't have a smartphone until I was 21. Yeah. And you're now 26. Yeah, thanks for knowing my age, Ken. Why do you love me? I do love you. I just got it right. You're basically 30. I'm not basically 30. I just turned 29. I have it's a whole year. basically 30. I have a whole year. Practically dead. You're nearly 30. Yeah. 30. I was saying this earlier because I talk about this way too much because it's literally, you know, the only thing I can think about because of, you know, the existential dread. Mm-hmm. 
I still feel like I'm in my early 20s. Like I just finished college, but that's just not true anymore. No. My like, uh, my leaving cert, which is like the school leaving exam, was like 10 years ago. I finished college like five years ago, six years ago. I mean, I finished my master's three years ago. That's a long time. Yeah, but I still feel like I should be in my early 20s, but I'm in my late 20s. So like, I just don't know where those intervening years went. It's what we call again, arrested development. Well done, Gary. That's a good, it's a callback. It's words. Ready to go? We're talking about something on this episode. We are talking about something. We're not just going to ramble. We've been rambling for 13 minutes now, so we may as well get on with it. Mm. Do you think people listen to the whole ramble or do they just kind of fast forward? People probably prefer the rambling. I know some, but like for a lot of podcasts, I prefer like the, the irreverent banter is is probably the better part of the podcast. Fair point, Carrots. Where we're at our most witty and alive. Uh, well, it's dubious. Like me. You are dubious, Karen, like I said earlier. This week, we previewed the 2018 Premier... Pre- Can you not say the word Premier again? Premier. Premier. Premier League. <laughs> You're right there, buddy. You just made me feel bad. Okay. <laughs> Can I try again? Yes. This week, we previewed the 2018 Premier League season before revealing our personal fantasy football squads. Before that, Gar, how was your week? It hasn't really been a week. It's been more or less a week. It's been four days. The podcast hug doesn't wait, Gar. I'm obsessed with Dead Cells. Dead Cells? It's a video game. All right, I just thought you were talking about like skin on the ground or something. Or just me dying slowly from the inside. What's Dead Cells? Explain it to me. It is a roguelike action platform. Well, more action than platformer. It's more like a hack and slash kind of game. And I usually hate those games where if you die, you start from the very start again, no matter what. And you only get a certain amount of progression carries forward from play to play. But this game is very good and I love it. I've played it like five hours a day for the last two days. Is that, why, is that why you're not answering me anytime I try to contact you on oh, the yeah. podcast? I, I, get, I get very easily distracted when you DM me. I'm like, oh, Ken's DM'd. I'll get back to him. And then like two days later, I'm like, oh yeah, Ken DM'd. What makes this game like special? What makes it different from all the other hack and slash games? It plays very well. Like, the, the gameplay is very smooth. It's very... Uh, people talk about game feel. So when you put the controller in your hands and you start playing the game, how does it... Just how does it feel? Is it like the umami of games? Yeah, it has a very good game feel. Like everything is very satisfying. All the the actions are very smooth, and all the like like, like there's, there's you get that feedback when you attack something. You know between the sound design and the the art, it's like oh yeah, I killed them. And so basically, you just you run through levels, you kill things, you get power ups, you get weapons, you get upgrades, and you get stronger the further you go. But when you die, you go all the way back to the start. And as I said, I usually hate those games, but the the game because uh, they're usually very hard, and I hate that. This game is fair. It's, it's difficult, but fair. It's never, like, cheap. It never kills you in a bad way. And uh, I just really like it. I really like you sometimes. Thanks, Ken. I don't play enough video games. You have a Nintendo Switch. You can play this. I do. I can play it, and I can play video games, but I just don't. I brought my Switch with me because I'll be getting the bus home. So, yeah. I, can, so I can play it on the bus. <laughs> God. I like my commute on the bus. That's one of the things I like about living further away from work than I used to. I used to live right near work, like 15 minute walk, but I moved to be, be in a house so we wouldn't have to give away our puppy, but also... You should have given away the puppy. The puppy's adorable and you love her and you She's know not it. a puppy anymore. She's like seven. She's like tiny and a forever pup. Anyway, I'm not going to get into this with you because I'll fight you. You'd lose. You know that from experience. I do know that from experience. So I'm just going to say words and then not mean them. Yeah. The only time I actually get to listen to podcasts now is on my commute, so... It's actually a good thing for me. I go on specific walks to listen to podcasts now. Because I'm usually doing stuff during the day. So like at midnight, I'll just 
hop on like Reply All or the West Wing Weekly and go for an hour long walk <laughs> just wandering around our local village at, at one in the morning being like nah, 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 nah. yeah actually uh, I listened to a, po- a podcast I'm obviously a big fan of Queer Eye like everyone else in the world except you I haven't watched any of it it's really good and it gets you right in the feels anyway Jonathan Van Ness the breakout star of Queer Eye has a podcast called getting curious where he has a 30 minute conversation with an expert about something he's curious about mm-hmm. and the guy who does the west wing podcast what's his name uh rishi rishi he's uh he was on it he talked a little bit about, about that podcast but he also has uh, song explorer song explorer and he talked about that and actually it's something i'm going to give a try because it sounds really interesting i'm not like the biggest music guy but the the way he described it sounds like really cool but basically it's the anatomy of a pop song exactly but like it's just the artist's voice because he cuts out his questions so it's almost like a, a mini documentary for your ears mm. gonna give it a try there's there documentaries that are I suppose there's documentaries for the eyes like Feet Van Las Antipatas very good documentary very pretty what's it about? there's basically there's cities on opposite points of the earth mm-hmm. so on the very north if you tunnel through the earth you get to the other side there's a city there I think there's like six of them right and it's cataloging stories from both sides of all those cities okay but it's also very pretty that's interesting mm. I like a podcast that's not a podcast that's just I a... like a documentary I like the Gara's getting to a point go on do you know podcasts in the song exploder in the kind of podcast huggy universe and a good documentary do the same thing for me in that it's not necessarily that I'm being passive because I because a lot of the time the kind of content I'm listening to now is challenging me but it just puts me into a really kind of reflective and interesting space where mm. I can kind of think and grow but also not be like worrying about you know spreadsheets and you know budgets and, your inevitable march for death and you know the existential dread that takes away in us all it's some bit, more so than others that's a bit morbid are we still recording? we are still recording I've made sure this week I saw you giving some some concerned glances towards your laptop so I was worried some sideward glances yeah so Premier League, here. it's oh. kicking off uh, as we speak in two days. Yep. Well, I think well, it's actually with... kicking off today if you're listening on Saturday, or if you're listening in like twenty twenty five, uh-huh. it kicked off like like eight, seven years ago. You already know everything that happened and how wrong we are with the predictions we're about to make. But predictions we will make, here, mm-hmm. as is our tradition. Yeah. And at some point in the future, after the season is over, we will um, listen back and embarrass uh, ourselves. We'll do the post-mortem and see uh, how, how, bad, we how bad we were. We're going to be wrong. We're going to be wrong. So we're going to go through some kind of uh, picks here for uh, different categories. And then we're going to do our fantasy football XV. Mm-hmm. I've never done fantasy football before. I'm going to disclose that. I feel like I'm going to get that extremely wrong also. We have a very important PSA again. A fantasy football team is for the year. It's not just for August. Well, it's deep. It is. It's like a dog is not just for Christmas, Ken. Fantasy football team, you can't abandon them. I'm going to abandon them, but... I'm already feeling the burden of the, like, responsibility of it. Yeah. It's like a pet I don't want you to write. It's like the Tamagotchi. Yeah. It's just like, oh, somebody's injured. I have to take them out of my team. And then you forget. And then it's like, who even cares anymore? It's like, I barely want to brush my teeth at night now. Mm. That's what that's where my life is. Pretty much. Let alone tend to a fantasy football team. <laughs> so, Gar, I thought we'd kind of go in a sort of reverse order. Normally, we talk about the top of the table and... And who's going to be in the mix and who's going to be in the European spots. But we're going to go all the way down to the bottom and start with who do you think are promotion contenders? For Sheffield United. You didn't even let me get it out. No, we're not going to be because we lost our first game two goals to one against Swansea and then lost the middle of three goals to nil last night. So, Those are two games already? Yeah, we're in a bit of trouble. 
Ooh. We just we start slowly. We kind of traditionally start slowly, but uh, but yeah. last year they kind of did the inverse, didn't they? They kind of flew ahead of the traps last year. No, we lost two of our first three games. But then they kind of went down a good run, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. After yeah. that, we did. So we just and like the year we won League One, we won one point out of our first four games before winning League One with a hundred points, I think. But yeah, I'm worried. It's not going to be us. It's probably not going to be us. But it's a championship. Who knows? It could be anybody. That's the one thing I was going to say. And I think we've probably referenced that before. With the championship, it's kind of like American sports in that it's almost like a lottery. Like, the one thing I like about American sports is it's not really the same team, unless you're the Golden State Warriors, uh, who are winning championships year after year. But, like, with the championship, you could have said, like, uh, it was like the season before last, Reading, you're like, oh, they're not contenders. And they made it all the way to the playoff final. So you just don't know. Yeah. It is becoming, like, more and more, more money is flowing into the championship now. Yeah. Which, like, Wolves who got promoted. I mentioned this to you the other day. People are like, oh, very good Wolves. They deserve it. It's like, they do, but they sure as hell bought it. Yeah, they basically, uh, you know, put themselves in a position to get promoted. When they're when you're paying, what, 10 to 20 million pounds for a transfer in the championship, at that stage, you're like, well, our record signing is 4 million for a defender this year. We can't compete with that. Yeah, obviously he's not doing a good job because he had three goals last night. And Wolves did a very tidy piece of business by aligning themselves with one of the biggest agents out there. Mm. He owns shares in the club and everything, doesn't he? So, Wolves will do well this year. Yeah, the championship could be anybody. Who knows? I just hope it's not Villa. I don't like Villa. If I were to put you on the spot, to pick three. I don't know who's even in. The, no, <laughs> I think Derby are going up as champions. Well, Frank Lampard's Derby. Well, they've been kind of there thereabouts for the last couple of years. Sure. And they made a good start. I don't know. You don't know? But I, just, I, I literally don't know. You can't, you can't predict the championship until you hit, like, November. Yeah. But I'm going to try anyway. I'm going to go Derby, Villa in mm-hmm. second. I hate Villa. I just don't want it to go. And Hull. Who's Hull manager now? I don't even know. Is it still Steve Bruce? No, he's Villa manager. Is he still Villa manager? I don't even know. I don't know. Who is it? I don't know. <laughs> No, Steve Bruce is for the manager and all that. I just said that. So yeah, I wasn't listening to you. As usual. Okay. Do you want to move on in, in that case? Because you're too chicken to put your yes. takes on the line. So Gar, who's going to be the first manager sacrificed to the Premier League Lion? I see what you did there. It's the Lion as the mascot. That's on the you. trophy and everything. Look at you with your wordplay. Uh, Javi Garcia. I think so. It's the Watford manager. It's always the Watford manager. That's how they stay in the league. They sacrifice managers to the gods. They, it's a blood sacrifice in the middle of Vicarage Road. They kill them off and they stay in the Premier League. That's how it works. Interesting theory. It has played out in the last couple yeah, of seasons. They've sacked the manager every year for the last like 17 years. It works, Gareth. It's still in the Premier League for yeah. a third season. And they got promoted doing that as well. It's a, a, a bizarrely unstable club that somehow manages to have some amount of stability. It makes no sense, but it happens. Yeah, Harry Garcia is going to be the, the latest blood sacrifice and, and Watford will be fine. I'm going to go for Pellegrini. Why? I feel like West Ham have given him what he wanted in the fact that they spent a shitload of money, mm. but I don't think it's going to make any difference. I think they're still going to be mediocre. I think they're still going to be in the relegation tussle. We'll talk about it in a bit later. And he's going to be the first one. So like, we spent all this money. You're not delivering. Out you go. We have surprise, Christmas. We have surprise struggler here too. So you're predicting West Ham for that? Not necessarily, Gar. Oh. Not necessarily. Okay. Surprise struggler could be one that's dragged into the relegation fight mm-hmm. and one that's tipped for glory, but it doesn't. Let's do both, actually. We'll do that in a minute. Okay. So, Gar, signing of the season. So far, like, obviously, that would be a retrospective thing that we talk about in a 
in August as well, or, or you know, before the start of the new season again? I'm going to say based on value to club. Not necessarily he's going to be the best player in the Premier League, but value to club, Andre Shirley. Fulham have made some like small but like really solid moves in mm. the market. They got Callum Chambers as well. Good signing. Like he's a, he's sure that is a a very experienced footballer. He's a World Cup winner. He's very good and particularly at like low level Premier League, I think he'll be excellent. And he'll probably keep him in league. Good point. I'm going for Max Mayer. Who bought Max Mayer? Crystal Palace. That's a good buy for them. Yeah, like just like talks of like all the big clubs being linked with him, and all of a sudden they scooped in and bought him. Mm. He didn't play that much last season because he fell out with the... Is he in Hamburg? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he fell out with the Hamburg manager. Wolfsburg? No, it's Hamburg. Hamburg. It's definitely Hamburg. Okay. I got it right the first time. Shut up. I should have doubted myself. Okay. But he fell out with the manager, thought he was bullying him, didn't play that much. And his kind of stock fell into the toilet mm-hmm. because he went from one of the like young, exciting, hotly tipped you know, midfielders in Europe to basically being on the bench and being worthless. So I think... Palace have benefited from that being able to scoop him at his lowest mm. and it could be kind of a good kind of risk to reward ratio but also I, I'm thinking kind of along the lines of a Shakiri for Stoke who wasn't very good but still better than they could have got, ever gotten and yeah. influential and then so you're saying Palace are going to get relegated in two years yeah with Max Mayer on the team yeah and then we'll get him for and then Liverpool will buy him for a small amount of money that's your plan all along isn't it ha 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 Oh, I'm turning my mustache. You do have a mustache. I do have a mustache. And we do. You, you, you said you'd look it up. Um, I and forgot. I said you'd forget. I did forget. You're right. There you go. Uh, for next week, I will find out if you have a mustache, but also a beard. Is it part of the beard, or is it still a mustache? You're gonna be in America next week. I'll kind of Skype in. Okay. Sure. You don't believe me, but I'm gonna do it. <laughs> You're just gonna. That's all. It's just gonna be. It's like a podcast a day episode. Okay, I'm going to Boston, so I can literally go to Harvard University and get an expert view. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they have hipster mustaches there. I'm sure they do. So, Gar, top scorer. Aguero. It's a 50-50 shot. It's Aguero Kane. I'm going to go Aguero. You don't think Salah's going to repeat his glory of last season? No, I think he'll be a 20-goal strike player this year, not a 30. Interesting. He's a bit of a Jamie Vardy, I guess, where he played above his level for a year, but he's still very good. Like Vardy, I think overexceeded my post Leicester winning the league expectations, but like when you look at Salah, who has a season like that out of nowhere, you wonder like what the hell happened? Because he was always a good footballer, he was always like talented, but he was never like a world beater. And then suddenly he went to Liverpool and he became a world beater, which might just be player matching with manager matching with like style and formation. Well, but yeah, twenty not thirty. Um, my heart says Salah, but my head says. Kane, he's the form player. He scores goals. He scores goals whether you like it or not. Mm. He's selfish. He has that greed to be a, a top scorer and a top, you know, striker for the next, you know, however however many seasons mm. before Real Madrid steal him. Good work here. Mm-hmm. Good work in that prediction. What? I said Aguero. I disagreed with you. I know, but that's good work. Okay. This course is life. I have sort of a surprise struggler here. Mm-hmm. So we can split that out into both team and player. And I'll let you... Player? I don't care about player. <laughs> you don't care about it, but you're still going to answer. All right. So I'm going to let you answer that in whatever order you want, because I'm generous. You see, the the story of the Premier League last year was everyone was shit. <laughs> Basically, like, there was the top six, and then literally the rest of the league could potentially have been relegated even in, like, March. And, you know, a lot of people pulled out. So to say, like, what, what context are we using for Struggler? 
Like, I don't think Chelsea will win the league, but I think they'll probably finish fourth because Chelsea are bad, but also the good kind of bad where they win enough games to be good, but also still bad. I'm going to go with expectation versus reality. I don't know then. As I said, what's the expectation for Everton? After last year, they had a mediocre year. Everyone, they see the, the problem with this is everyone was mediocre last year. I'm going to say Tottenham, Gary, and you're tipping them to win, but I'm going to say they're going to be a team that struggles to make. Not the Champions League. They will make the Champions League, but I don't think they'll be top two again like they have been the last few years. Spurs are going to win the league. Yeah, you're burying the lead there. It's, if it's, well, you said it, but if it's not this year, it's never. So I'm going to say it's this year. In terms of player? Salah, just Ooh. to spite you. It's going to score five goals this year and they're going to be like, what happened to Mo Salah? I'm going with Lukaku. Mm, he'll score like 20 goals though. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I'm changing that. I'm changing that to Pogba because he won't go now to stage, but he wants to go. Yeah. And like Joe says, bad. So. And in terms of team, you know, in terms of surprise team that's kind of getting going to get caught up in a relegation dogfight that you wouldn't expect. Um... Hmm. The problem, that's it. The problem with that question is every like you could say Southampton, but Southampton already got relegated last year. You could say Newcastle or or Everton or West Ham, but all these teams were mediocre last year. Fair point, Gar. Maybe we should just move on. There you go. Dark horse. Do you have a dark horse? No. I I, I would say Everton. I would say Marco Silva's Everton will be very interesting. I think this is the year we find out whether Marco Silva is talented or a fraud. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of leaning toward fraud, but I'm not sure. He has never really proved anything. Well, he he like he, he turned Hull around. Yeah. But they still went down. But objectively, he they were much better under him than they were not under him. And then he was very good at Watford for a few months until it was heavily rumored that he was leaving, and then suddenly like friction drove that team apart. So who knows? But I think this is this Everton is a good club. They usually have decent resources. They have a Fairly solid, if aging, uh, core side at the moment. Like, Seamus Coleman's nearly 30. I think he might already be 30. In your head, like, Seamus Coleman's still a young lad, but no. Yeah, he'd be about 30 now. So, yeah. I'm still going to say Everton, but Everton with an asterisk that Marco Silva might be a fraud. He could also be the first person fired. Hmm. No, I don't think Everton, Everton. I think Everton will give him time. I am going to go with Wolverhampton Wanderers. Not just because they're my second team, but as you said, Garrett, they spent a crap load of money to get themselves into a position to not only be promoted but possibly be a stable Premier League team. They were a Premier League team last year. Like most teams that go up it's like oh they need the investment to stay in the league. Wolves were a Premier League team last year. They, You know they bought ambitiously they've got a, a good manager like who did buy part, half the Portuguese team but that's not nearly here nor there. Mm. They've got ties to a very powerful football agent who owns part of the club. Mm. Very very ambitious backing in terms of the Chinese owners were spending a shitload of money but then I got AC Milan into trouble and you know led them to financial misdealings which almost got them banned from Europe but I think that either it's it's kind of a quandary for me because it's either going to be they'll be relegated and it'll all be for nothing kind of like a QPR who's spent a, a, a boatload of money and it went nowhere for them or they're going to be a team that kind of sticks around and kind of actually climbs the table I'm not saying they're going to be the next city but I think they're going to be contenders yeah we'll see I think I don't know. As I said, they're they're primarily caliber. They're good enough. Will they do it? I don't know. Relegation pick scare. Uh, now, as you said, this is kind of hard because there were a lot of teams in the mix last year. I'm gonna say Newcastle. Interesting. Mostly because I don't like them and I just don't want to see them anymore. I'm going to say 
I'm going to go Butterfield and Brighton. I think they did very well, both of them, to stay up last year. I'm not sure if they have the quality to stay up this year. Which that does... I'm predicting all three teams that went up stay up, which is always a ballsy thing to do, but... It is fairly ballsy. Yeah. Who's the third team? Fulham, Wolves, and... Cardiff. Cardiff. Oh, no, I'm going to take up Brighton. I'm going to put in Cardiff. <laughs> yeah. Huddersfield, Cardiff, and... Who was my third one? Newcastle. Those are my three. Yeah, for me, I think Brighton have a good manager. Mm. They've got kind of good backing. The money is there. The ambition is there. Uh, they haven't bought that much either. So I think they will struggle. So I would put them in the bottom three. I'm going to say Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. I feel like their luck is going to run out as well because they're they kind of like a, a Portsmouth where they seem to have stabilised in the Premier League but it just could be one of those seasons where they just plummet. Yeah. They've never really had the money to spend or anything like that. They kind of out, kind of outlived their uh, means for a long time and Cardiff. Cardiff are nailed on. Straight going, going down. They haven't really invested that much. You know, the one one of the brightest players they had last year was Grugic on loan for, from Liverpool and he's not going back there despite rumours. So... And transfer window closes tomorrow? Tomorrow, I think, ahead of the new season, yeah. Which is interesting to see how that changes. Because it does feel like there's been less business done, or at least less big business done. And it was just done earlier in a lot of cases. But It could be just it could be just because it's a World Cup year as well, you know. Yeah. That, you know, there wasn't time to do the deals because players weren't interested in moving before the World Cup because they're focused on the World Cup. And then after the World Cup, it's kind of too late. Yeah. So what are, your, what are your three? Huddersfield, Brighton, and Cardiff. Okay. Yeah, I feel good about that. No, no, actually no. I said Huddersfield, Bournemouth, and... Yeah, Bournemouth. I think Bournemouth would be fine. I think Cardiff. Eddie Howe is a good enough manager to keep him in the league. I surprised... Well, they went for kind of a bigger name. I surprised Arsenal didn't go for him. Did they go for a bigger name? I suppose he was PSG manager, Emery, but... Yeah. They wanted Arteta until Arteta was like, give me more money, and then we're like, lol, no. Your assistant manager at City, you didn't... Well, you know, it was more like an assurance of money I can spend as opposed to... Oh, okay. I thought you meant he thought he was big league now. Because he wanted to do the pep thing where he just spends shitloads of money to get the job done. Classy. It's like anyone can be a good manager when they've got like unlimited purse strings. In fairness, they bought very well. When you look at the players Pep has bought, there's practically no duds there. But like every player in that team costs £40 million. That's... They're a tremendous team. But when every player in that team costs £40 million, you'd expect them to win the league. Eventually, I, I I get the sense that their kind of rich owners are gonna get tired of it, and like what where where will they be afterwards? There's already there's already questions over their finances and what how they're kind of what they're doing and fair play and stuff like that. I think it's gonna catch up to them in the next couple of years. So that brings us to the top four. If there's one thing, except for the year Leicester won the league and things got weird, if there's one the consistent over the last few years in the Premier League, it is that there is two tiers. There's mm-hmm. a top six and there's everybody else. And people come closest to that top six, but it is Arsenal, Chelsea, United, City, Spurs, and Liverpool. And the question is, of those six, what four are going to finish in the top four? So, Gary, you put your card on the table there a, a while ago with Tottenham. Spurs going to win the league. Spurs going to win the league. You're sticking with that. Mm-hmm. What about the next three? City will definitely finish top four. Liverpool will definitely finish top four. Then the question is, of Chelsea, United, and Arsenal... What three? What which one of those will take fill out the top four? I'm a, a if if I were to have a Premier League team of preference, can it would be Arsenal? So I'll just go with them, just out of Homer, Homer <laughs> the home team, just out of pure loyalty. <laughs> yes. So what order are you going in? That order: Spurs, City, Liverpool, Arsenal, United, then Chelsea. I'm thinking City, 
winning the league. City winning the league again. What a coward you are. I'm making a ballsy prediction. The team that's very good and spend lots of money will win the league. Well, there was a word that was thrown about last year at when they won the league, which is dynasty or kind of, you know, legacy. I think that we're going to, we're in for the era of City for the next couple of years. I just think that, as you said, Pep bought well and, you know, the team is probably on paper one of the best in the world and I wouldn't be surprised if they had a, a long run in the Champions League as well so I'm going to stick with City I know it's the coward thing to do but it just feels like the logical thing to do Palos are top four betraying yeah. your Liverpool team by the way betraying but I'm going to say they're going to finish second they're going to be the main contenders to City I'm going to go with Tottenham in third and Man United fourth I just want Chelsea to fail it feels like there there's turmoil there that will probably lead to United underperforming and some backlash I think the way Jose is talking, it's kind of weird. He's setting himself up for his sacking already. He always does that. He's the martyr. He says he sets himself up. It's like, oh, everything is against me. The world is against me. These players are against me. They set himself up when they're in the sack him. Like, looking at those teams, I think Chelsea are a weird team with quality in the right places, but also they're just boring and bad. So I think they won't do too well. Uh, Liverpool are exciting. This could be their year, but we'll see. We'll see. And Spurs, as I said, if it's this year, if it's any year, it's this year. Again, we shall see. And Arsenal, like, they bought what they needed to buy in terms of positional players. Like, they needed defenders, defensive midfielders, and goalkeepers. They bought, uh, like, Torreira, defensive midfielder. Leno is the goalkeeper. Licksteiner and Papadopoulos, whatever. (laughs) Greek fellow, you know. So racist. Hey, I just can't say words. It's not racist. So, like, they bought in the positions they needed to buy them, and whether those players are any good, I think, remains to be seen. So, we'll see. I think it, there's question marks over all those teams, because if you look at City, teams started working them out toward the back end of last year. Yeah, yeah. They, felt, they started kind of figuring out the magic formula, and it kind of fell off. It kind of happened with Chelsea as well. Do you know when they kind of ran away with the league for the first half of the season, and, then, and the wheels fell off in the second half? That's game theory, though. Yeah. If you play away and teams are analysing you. Every team is trying to beat you. Every team has a bunch of coaching staff and analysts and statisticians who are looking at how you play and saying, what's the best way to counter it? And of course, City are doing the same thing to the team they're playing, so it's a game of chess, it's game theory. Whoever wins. I do think United will United their way into the top four, though. Nah, I don't know. We'll they'll just keep... They'll win enough. I'm going to say, I'm going to change my sacking thing to Jules. <laughs> Jules is going to be first, and he's going to be like, why me? Yeah. So we have fantasy football teams. We do. Mine is much better named than yours. Okay. First, maybe name your 15 and then give the good people your name. My, uh, so you want me to name the players first? Yeah. Uh, we've set them up differently. You, you didn't pick, pick your team. You didn't adjust your team. I'll tell you have. what my team is once I... All right, I'll, I'll go team then subs. In goal, I have David De Gea. Across the back line, Bellerin, Harry Maguire, Ryan Bertrand and Lascales from Newcastle. Uh, Son, William, Salah and James Ward-Prowse in midfield. And Wilfred Zaha and at the moment Marco Arnautovic up front. Though that will be Lacazette most weeks. It's just Man- uh, Arsenal are playing. Actually, no, I might change that again just because I think Lacazette might be more likely to score. I think Lacazette is a is, is the, the the ballsier prediction there. Kendall posts uh, screenshots of both of these on the Twitter, mm-hmm. so you can look at them. Uh, on my bench, Fabianski, Loton, Xhaka, and Lacazette. So my, my my big worry about this team is I don't have a striker potentially. If, if, yeah. If Zaha or Lacazette don't perform, and Lacazette might not even start for Arsenal, but but you have the advantage with Arnautovic and Zaha that they will play every game. Mm. 
So, so like Arnautovic is good when he plays well and bad when he doesn't play well, which sounds like an obvious thing to say, but he only veers through those two things. He's rarely like handy. Uh, Zaha, I'm surprised he stayed. Yeah, but I think he'll do very well because he stayed. So, I, I think I have a good midfield. I think my midfield of Son, William, and Salah with James Ward-Prowse was a wonder kid in Football Manager like four years ago. I'm like, that potential will come good someday. So I'll put him in my fantasy team until it does. Otherwise, I'll play Xhaka. But Xhaka against Man City. Because the, 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 the general rule for fantasy football teams, don't pick defensive players. Defensive players don't win you points. Nope. You want assists, you want goals. That's where you get all your points. So that's the reason you pick like Bertrand and Bellerin, who in theory are attacking wingbacks and will get assists. And Harry Maguire, who is just a wonderful human being who might move to Manchester United. That's the big touted move. He wants to move to Manchester United. But they may run out of time. And if he does, United don't concede many goals. You also you also don't want to be overly dependent. Say, if I if Maguire moved to United, I have Maguire in my defence and De Gea in my goals. So if United concede goals, it's, it's doubly bad for me. But also, if they keep clean cheats, it's doubly good for me. It's unusual. I usually pick Spurs defenders. So I usually have like either Alderweireld or uh, Vertonghen in them there. So that's, that's rare for me not to. I think I just didn't have the money. Yeah, I actually, I, I did several different combinations where I ran out of money and needed a defender, then I ran out of money and needed a midfielder, then I ran out of money and needed a forward, and that's where I kind of settled on my squad. Mm. So um, um, My team, by the way, is called Dilapidated Boat, except with Dilap, as in Rory Dilap at the start. Rory Dilap, the former Stoke player? Yes. Well done. Master of the long throw. Quality yes. football, that's a good name. I'm proud of that name. It's a mixture of both your loves, Gar. Yes. Yes, Rory Delap is my love. So, for me, I'm going with Alisson and goal, Van Dijk, Vertonghen, Maguire and Alderweireld. Whatever. Toby Alderweireld. Alderweireld. Well done, Gar. In- so, you're, you're very Spurs dependent. I'm going Salah, Neves, Mayer and Kante in the midfield. And I'm going with Kane and Bonatini up front. Who the hell is Bonatini? He's the uh, Brazilian striker for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Mm. So on my bench, I have Olivier Giroud, Sessing Young, Coleman from Everton, and Rui Patricio from Wolves. As good as Giroud was at Arsenal, and as well as he generally played at Chelsea, he didn't score many goals. So I can see why you left him out there. Uh, midfield, I think your midfield is where you'll, you'll struggle for points. I think that Kante and and Salah are, are solid picks. Mm. Mayer, I'm banking on him having a resurgence. Neves, I'm banking on him fulfilling his potential and the same with Sessignan as well. So like I'm kind of banking on players kind of grasping their opportunity, but I thought they were kind of prudent a prudent mix of experience and kind of potential there. Chiru, he was a, a solid pick. He was actually my last pick. I had eight million left in the sense that he doesn't start very often, but when he does come on, he does have an impact. So he's more of an impact sub for me. I think, like, if Fulham and if Wolves are to do well this year, Neves and Sessignon will have to play very well. And they will play all the time. Yeah, so if they perform, if those teams perform, I think it'll be rather good. If they don't, you might be in a bit of trouble. Yeah, I might have to be reshuffling the pack. Yeah, I picked Maguire like you, and I went with your initial instincts of Alder Vyreld and Vertonghen. Van Dijk, you know, proven quality. Mm. Probably one of the best defenders there is. In but also form. Liverpool. Yeah. Just Liverpool. And you might say they were very sturdy after Van Dijk came in, but they're also... They still haven't shaken the Liverpoolness. They could still be Liverpool. Well, is it the Liverpoolness these days, Gar? 
well partially maybe but there's it also and Jamie Redknapp came up with this take so I'm not going to steal it from him and if it's wrong I'm just going to blame him is it kind of a symptom of the style that they play now that they will concede goals it's it's not really that they concede goals it's the manner in which they concede goals it's not like you know teams get them on the counter and it's like oh well they kind of be they, they kind of score goals they're somewhat fumbling messes they're just like ah Liverpool so I don't know we'll see so the name of my team, by the way, is Kensworth Academical. Because not... Academical is a weird kind of moniker for a team that only a handful of teams have. I know Hamilton, Hamilton. has it. Yeah. And Kensworth is just a fancy version of my name. I just I just kind of tried to picture what combination of my name and a football moniker could I picture that guy with a voice reading the scores on Sky Sports saying, Kensworth Academical won. Yeah. <laughs> Manchester United nil. Exactly. So that's where I got my name from. Hmm. Whereas mine is named after Skarsgård, the dilapidated boat, and Rory the Lap. It's a very deep pulgar. It is. It's not bad. I'm proud of it. Okay, footy fanatics, that's our lot for another week. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to click play or download on the podcast. You can find a new episode every weekend at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. And now it's the home of Podcast A Week, starring Gar and friends. By the way, when did you pull the script from? Never mind. Because whatever you pulled the script from, it's like now it's the home of our brand new show, Podcast a Day. So whatever you pulled this script from, the copy and paste, is at least three years old. Uh, I only saw that literally as I spoke it. Uh, so I had to adjust on the fly. I thought I did a pretty good job until you again dot me in. Yeah, if you if you go back about 30 seconds and hear the, the mild hesitation when Ken gets there, and now it's... <laughs> he's trying to work out what he has to actually say. <laughs> Why do you hate me? I think it's funny. Anyway, what are these shows about, do you ask? They're on our feed, so give it a listen and find out. Make sure to bookmark the link, download SoundCloud and subscribe. Subscribe on iTunes so you never miss any of the podcasts on the TWS network. Speaking of which, if you love the show and you need to let the internet know, you can also send us a review on iTunes of the TWS network in general. Only good reviews. Only good reviews. Bad ones, just can just write, write them, them in the mail to the White House. Yes. Send send your bad reviews of the podcast the week to Donald Trump. Or put your head up the chimney and scream them into the abyss. The birds have shut up. The birds have shut up. Or are they dead? Oh no. <laughs> it's a sad thought. But it really is the best way to aid our plans of becoming the kings of podcasting. Mm-hmm. Chill kings of podcasting. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. And where can they find us on Twitter? At TWSKK. Next week we have a heart to heart about our love of musicals and live theatre. That's going to be fun. Yay. We were brought to you this week by our sponsor, Spoonie, the vanishing spray referees use for free kicks. Yeah, I bet you didn't know it had a name. I, I didn't know it had a name. Is it like a brand or is it just like, it's called Spoonie? I can't remember the name of the guy that actually invented it, but he just called it Spoonie. I'm not sure if it's a trademark. Hmm. That's Spoonie. S-P-U-N-I Spoonie. Making FIFA's money vanish since 2014. Good, isn't it? It's been four years since they used it. I remember when they first used it to advance me. It's like, oh, look at that. That's, that's such a good invention. It's been four years. It's actually been in existence in around Brazil since 2001 because the guy invented, who invented it is from Brazil. And apparently he sued FIFA because they stole it from him. That's always nice. That's a thing FIFA would do. And not only that, but he won a case in Brazil and was found to be the patent holder and they ignore him. Oh. Good old FIFA. But that's the other character for them, so we can't blame him. Our theme music is by the very punny Blue Wild Productions. And until next time, say goodbye, Gareth. See you guys. Take it easy, everybody.